Welcome to the Leading in Love podcast. If you are a leader in any capacity who is married or considering marriage, you're tuned into the right place. We help leaders take care of their marriages. Remember, you are a successful leader and your marriage and family can be successful too. You don't have to sacrifice leadership for love and you don't have to sacrifice love for leadership. And now, here are your hosts, Gary and Julie. Hey! What's up? Yo! How are you, boo? I'm great. How are you? I'm wonderful. Do people still use the word boo? Uh, that's a good question. I think it's more bae. No, I think even that's old. I think boo's fine. Like, I guess maybe it depends on how you say it. Like, boo? <laughs> <laughs> like, who are you frightening? So we're on part five of this series on nonstop marriages. And we got an interesting topic. We're talking about entitlement. And the episode title is How Much of Your Spouse Do You Own? Yes. I mean, takes things that run me. All right. Gary and Julie. (laughs) (laughs) Gary and Julie, leading in love. Welcome. We're excited that you're joining us once again. That's right. Uh, marriage is one of the most important relationships because it takes so much work. It requires a lot of sacrifice. Yes. A lot. So in some cases, you know, a lot of compromise, but you don't want to compromise. You want to turn that compromise into collaboration. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's a lot. It's, it's big time commitment. It's big time dedication. And you got to make it work. You do. And it has very, the tentacles of marriage are very far reaching because it reaches into many generations and people's lives. Yes. And such. Yes, that's right. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about entitlement, as we mentioned. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see what does it mean for marriages? Mm -hmm. Our basic premise is that you're entitled to stuff in your marriage. Yes. And you need to understand that there, there should, if, if there's ever a conversation about, oh, my husband feels entitled, my wife's feels entitled, they're entitled to stuff. Certain things, yes, certain things. Yeah. Yes. But it's the attitude because the the attitude about entitlement, especially when we speak about the millennial generation, is that they want stuff they haven't earned. Let's go. Okay. So. In your marriage, does this apply? Is Can you feel entitled to stuff even though you're in year one of your marriage? You found that premise of they haven't earned it. Okay? Well, we have an argument for this. That once you say it, once you commit to it, mm-hmm. once you make the vow mm-hmm. to your spouse, mm-hmm. it now becomes a right of your spouse. And it's up to you, each other, to provide it. Remember, there's two people here. And I think if you look at it from the, from the lens of one person, quote-unquote, being enslaved to the other, then now we have some issues. And that's the key word, enslaved. Why is that the key word? Well, think about it. If you both are entitled... Uh-huh. 
to something. Yep. Right? Even the same thing. One is not holding up their portion. Mm. Now the other is enslaved to them. Okay. Exactly. So, we're creating nonstop marriages. Mm-hmm. That means both spouses are engaged. Absolutely. There's no marriage that works where it's just one person carrying the burden for 25 years. It doesn't work. Right. One person is going to buckle and it's going to be over before you know it. Mm-hmm. So, in order to create a marriage that lasts, entitlement exists, but it has to be mutual. Right. Okay? So, when you go to buy a house, a lot of people may not have all the cash required to purchase the home. So, you find a lender, typically the bank. Mm -hmm. They're a little more reliable, depending where you live. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, that home you plan to purchase, that is an asset. Yes. But it doesn't mean that the asset is entirely yours. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So, the house is $1.25 million. You only have 250000 so you need to borrow the remaining 80%, the other million, to pay for the house. So mm-hmm. you and the bank come together to go in on the asset. Mm-hmm. Now, the home is an asset because, well, you live in it, it exists, it's tangible, and you could turn around and sell it and get money. Right. Okay? Yeah. Now, the bank put more money than you, so they own a greater portion of the asset at this point. Right. If you were to sell the house today, the bank still expects their $1 million plus interest. Right. And you're going to expect back your twenty fifty k plus interest. Mm-hmm. So you're both entitled to the proceeds of the house, but your level of entitlement is only based on what you put in. Mm-hmm. In this case. Mm-hmm. So say if you didn't take care of the house... You know, a couple broken windows, uh, the door's creaky, there's a big giant dent in the garage doors, and then now you turn around and sell this house and you only get a million for it. Now your entitlement has decreased because the bank still wants their million dollars plus interest. Absolutely. And so you're going to lose out on your 250 k okay? You're not going to split it down the middle, and the bank's going to get their money. So... Lenders typically don't work with borrowers to create what we call mutual assets. In other words, they're not going to split the difference down the middle. Yeah. Okay? It's, I'm going to lend you the money. You're going to buy the asset. If you don't pay me back, I'm going to take the asset from you, Mm -hmm. sell it, and then recoup my investment or as much as I can. Right. So using that analogy, we're going to ask ourselves, how much of your spouse do you own? What do you think? None. Okay. Well, here's another question to counter. How much of your spouse do you have access to? 100%. All right. Now, typically when we own something and somebody comes and takes it from us mm-hmm. or borrows it, then they owe it back to you. Mm-hmm. Okay? While you don't own your spouse, there are things that they might owe you Yes. because you should have 100% access to your spouse. That's right. Not because you own them. But the issue is that some people make the mistake of thinking that they own their spouse. So when their spouse owes them, as in they're not providing what they're entitled to, Mm -hmm. then they're tempted to treat them badly. And take things into their own hands. Right. And now we have issues. 
Absolutely. So, continuing on. Uh, what are entitlements? Well, entitlements are rights. Right. Okay? You have access to those things. Mm-hmm. You deserve those things. You have earned those things. Or someone has made it possible for you to have those things because they earned it or they created it, right? Yeah, so kind of like you as a mother or mm-hmm. us as parents, mm-hmm. we do things for our children to kind of give them a nudge into their future. Mm-hmm. Because we did that and we made that decision to do that, right? and we've said it, yeah. maybe put in a will somewhere, they're entitled to it. Yes. 100%. Nobody could come from off the street and say, hey, give me that. No, we wrote it down. It's documented. It's been notarized. They can have it. Okay. Okay? How about within the workplace? Give me an example there. Well, you have statutory entitlement. Okay. So, I get vacation days, sick days, and if my boss says, you can't take those vacation days or you can't be sick ever, Uh I can take them to court because those things are typically legally enforced. They can be legally enforced. Okay. Okay? Okay. And even with our kids, right? Yeah. They have rights. Yeah, absolutely. What kind of rights do they have? Well, children's rights include their right to association with both parents. Yeah, that's actually like a right. I looked it up. Yeah, yeah. Like they're supposed to be able to see both parents. Now, there are extenuating circumstances. We're not going to go down that road. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Human identity. Yeah. Physical protection, food, education, health care. And so on. And so on. Yeah. This is a case in some countries. Right. So okay. different countries have different priorities, if you will, yeah. on how they manage this kind of stuff. Yeah. Human rights in some countries don't exist. I know. I know. And, and in We're some countries. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a global issue. Mm-hmm. Um, then other rights include, say, property rights, rights inheritance, rights to government support. Again, mm-hmm. this is in some country where the government's more democratic. Mm-hmm. Or seem to be more democratic. Religious mm-hmm. freedom. And the list goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing though. Typically, if I was to take somebody to court, mm-hmm. I'm not going there to hang out. Oh no, you're going to fight. I'm going there to the fight right? for something yeah. that they have that belongs to me. Right. Or they're depriving me of something. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, the same idea. When it comes to your marriage, you have rights. Mm-hmm. And you're entitled to certain things, and you have the right to expect certain things. Why else would you get married? Yeah, yeah. If you're told that you're not going to be loved. Like, if somebody came to you and said, I'm going to marry you, but I'm not going to love you. I'm not going to accept you. I'm not going to protect you. I'm not going to respect you. Yeah. Are you with that? Are you going to say... Peace out. (laughs) Naka. Okay, am I gonna have, we're gonna have to take that out of <laughs> we're gonna have to take that out of the pot. I'm teasing. Okay, all right, we're not gonna you take know, that. I'm yeah, being yeah, silly. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, imagine if I came to you and I got on both knees, like Julie. You know, we've been together for what six months. I know you, or I I knew you. <laughs> okay. You get it? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> I promise I'm not going to love you. I'm not going to accept you for who you are. I'm not going to respect you. And I'm not even going to protect you. Uh-huh. Will you be my lawfully wedded wife? Wait, maybe I'm saying that part too early, but will you marry me? You know what I'll say? Mm-hmm. 
move to the side. There's 10 other guys waiting. True. <laughs> yeah, for real. Right? Right. So, like, why would you want to be in a marriage where you're not loved, you're not accepted, um, where you're not protected and not respected? And if this is the case, you're going to want out. Right. So, bottom line is, when you don't get what you're entitled to, you become resentful. Yeah. Okay? You become regretful. So, non-stop marriages don't have regret and there's no room for resentment. Mm-hmm. While you have rights, however... There are certain rules that you have to adhere to when it comes to entitlement in your marriage. So for us, we are going to be sharing four. Yes. And if there's more out there, maybe you could think of some, but we got four. Absolutely. So the first one is, you are not entitled to the expectations that reside in your mind. They have to be communicated. This means you cannot suddenly... Change the rules. Yeah, so... One minute, you can't be like, I want X, Y, Z. Yeah. Then the next minute, like, actually, nah, me not like that. ABC. But then you haven't even opened your mouth... Yeah. ...to say... What is it that, that you want? ...that you wanted X, Y, Z, and then even changed your mind... Yes. ...to say... I think I prefer ABC. Right. So this goes back to our previous podcast when we talked about how to get what you want. Yeah. So you haven't said anything. So you're not entitled to it. Right. That's one of the rules. Now, there's there's some limitations there, but, you know, you could probably decipher where the limitations are. Right. Okay. Okay. The next one. So you're entitled to the things that you and your spouse agree on. Once it comes out of your mouth and you agree on it, it now becomes an entitlement. Mm -hmm. So your wedding vows. Okay, the commitments that you made and you agreed upon after the wedding vows. Mm -hmm. Because your marriage doesn't just stop on the day of your marriage. You got to keep talking about stuff, keep exploring, keep learning about each other Mm -hmm. and changing things and modifying things. If something doesn't work, then you go the other route. Mm -hmm. And once you've agreed upon it, that you're going to do it a certain way or provide a certain thing, you are now entitled to it. Okay, so that leaves room for constant negotiation and collaboration and making the changes that will eventually make you both happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The next one, you are entitled to the contributions you make to your marriage. That is why it is your responsibility as a couple to grow and make better of your weaknesses. Yeah. Support each other in those weaknesses, yeah. right? Make sure that you're both clear on each other's weaknesses and help each other carry and strengthen right. the other, okay? Agreed. In some cases, this could be seen as reciprocation, Yeah. right? But it's more of getting your needs met, and you have to be able to communicate it. Yeah, so as far as reciprocation goes, just because you do something, a particular thing for me, doesn't right. mean I have to turn around and do that particular thing for you. Yes. Because that particular thing you did for me was me getting my needs met or wants. Yeah. And then the thing that you want is you getting your needs met. Mm-hmm. Me doing that thing for you. Mm-hmm. So reciprocation is not doing the same thing in return, mm-hmm. but doing the things that we want or that you want. And yes. you doing the things that I want. Right. Right. So those are the rules. Okay. The fourth one. Oh, there's one more? Yeah. All right, go ahead. Okay, I'll do that one. You're not entitled to someone else's life. Yes. This is a big one. Yes. So, 
Remember, Can you, you don't just say that again. So you're I, not entitled to someone else's life because, and this works on not, two levels. It, let's slow it down. You, you are, are not, not entitled to someone life. else's life. And we've covered this extensively when we talked about you know comparing marriages. Yes, that's one. And then the other thing is that, like we just said in the beginning, you do not own your spouse. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's not about manipulating and making them do what you want. Yeah. It's a collaboration. It's a mutual relationship. It's two people. Mm-hmm. And then the other side that we're trying to really stress, like just because your marriage is struggling yeah. doesn't give you the right to the marriage across the street that's looking better. But you know what? I think the reason why you and I stress this so heavily and for me, I came to learn. I mean, we we hear the sayings over and over. The grass is not greener on the other yeah. side. How many times do we hear that? And we quote it and everything. But then, what are we comparing to? I'm And truthfully, we listen to podcasts like this one. Yep. We read books. Yep. We see couples. We see Michelle. And, and, and I always want to call him Obama, Obama. as if it's his first Baruch, name. Barack. And Barack, you know, we look at different couples out there. The ones that we work beside, the ones that we, you know, our own siblings, yeah. our own family members, maybe, cousins, co-workers, yeah. is endless, people yeah. in celebrities, etc. The list is endless. And we'll say we're not comparing our marriage, but we are. Yeah. And we don't even realize that we are. So you are not entitled to someone else's life. Yeah. There might be something that you desire. That they have. That they have. But it has to fit in your marriage. Exactly. And we've talked about this. There's time and space for that. It might not fit today. Yeah. It might not be. You might not be able to accommodate today because of circumstances. Right. But at some point it'll fit. Possibly. Yeah, at some and point maybe it could fit. It may not. That's true. And if you might think you need it, and you're really just misguided. You're just misguided because you don't know why they specifically have that in their life. Yep, absolutely. They right. may need that in their life because it works in their life, because it's needed in their life. Perfect example a woman might see another man who is at home looking after his children. And they may say, I wish my husband could be like that. But at the end of the day, the reason why that man is able to stay home is because he has a more flexible occupation that allows him to stay home. The reason why, why he may be a great cook is because of the fact that he lived alone for 15, 20 years. Yeah, when you lived in the basement of your parents' house and your your dad cooked for you. about this and we're we're talking from our own experience because my husband lived with his parents until we got married yeah. his brother lived on his brothers own. or brothers yeah. yes now his younger brother his youngest one the baby is living on his own now off in uh college playing ball but his his the middle one yeah. lived alone for a long time so he's like 10 years he's he's like making curry chicken with pineapples and mangoes thrown up in there just Listen, great if cookie. I was making curry chicken mangoes and pineapple would not be in it <laughs> I wouldn't even I mean, think about even, it even finding diced mango yeah, I don't think yeah, my exactly. husband can do diced mango well we don't have a dicer 
You don't need to dice it to do dice mango. How are you going to dice see? it? See? See? <laughs> this, is, this is what I'm talking about. So even things like that, I could be sitting here complaining, why don't you pick up a knife and even cut up onions without crying? No. You can't do that. And I'm, I'm sad that I'm in the kitchen. <laughs> No, nah, well, you're right. We're yeah, just not, teasing over here, right? You're not right? entitled to somebody else's we're, life. Right? You're not entitled to somebody else's life. Right. That's the point that we're trying to make because you don't know the full story. Exactly. And we're all very guilty of this, yes. and we need to check ourselves. So, moving along, honey. So, we just said you're not entitled to somebody else's life, and there's some rules to entitlement, but we're all we all feel entitled to something. Mm-hmm. But as we mentioned, entitlement becomes an issue when someone feels that they have the right to your property Mm -hmm. or they deserve similar ownership without having earned it. Mm -hmm. So you could say that entitlement is, or we've said that it's a tie between what you're owed Mm -hmm. and therefore what you own or what Mm -hmm. you own and therefore what's owed to you. So entitlement is attached to ownership. What rights do you have? What property do you have? Mm -hmm. What has your spouse committed to? Think about it. If you made a traditional wedding vow or a non-traditional vow, they usually have promises and commitments outlined in the vows. Mm-hmm. So if you want to look at it from an asset liability perspective, these vows have created a debt for the spouse who said it mm-hmm. and an asset for the spouse to whom it was said. Right. Okay? If they get what they expect, then they were entitled to it because they owned it. Okay. Mm-hmm. If they don't get what they expect, then they are entitled to it. They're still entitled to it, but now they're owed right. it. Right, right, right. So based on your vows, you might become entitled to security, love, support, trust, patience, and so forth. If, however, you get to a point of divorce, you're going to say, or you're going to argue, she or he never gave me what I was supposed to get. Mm-hmm. And they need to recoup they need to pay that debt Mm -hmm. that's why i want 75 percent of the assets the Mm -hmm. physical tangible assets Mm -hmm. because i was never loved Mm -hmm. i want 80 percent of the assets because i took care of the kids Mm -hmm. he was never home she was never home blah 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 yeah right yeah so what we want to do is help you differentiate whether or not or just answer some very important questions about Entitlement. And we have four questions. Again, yes. So the first one, ask yourself how your entitlements are triggered by your insecurities, regrets, or pain. Yep. I gave you three kids at the expense of my body, right? Yep. I don't I don't have the small waistline the way I used to. Never you had four kids. Well I you had, had four well, kids. Yeah. I we had four kids. Yeah. So and two of them were C sections. Right. That's you know, even, you don't bounce back easily after a season. Nah, when you get okay. cut, you don't <laughs> come back. <laughs> I gave up my education and career for you so you could pursue yours. Right. That sounds like pain, regret. Absolutely. The previous one was more insecurity, regret, right. or pain, depending mm-hmm. on how your husband treats you with the kids or whatever the case is. Yeah, yeah, right? you're right. Yeah. You know, I could have married rich, but I chose to marry for love. I chose to marry a broke. but my parents had lined up a rich dude for me right right but you act as though you don't even love me you don't hug me up kiss me up any anytime rub up up, up, (laughs) (laughs) come 
sounds like these suggest that your spouse owes you. Yes. And they're based on your insecurity or regret, your pain. Right. Uh, we talked about this in episode five. Are you keeping score for your benefit or for the benefit of the marriage? Yes. Spouses keep score for two reasons. For their own benefit or for the benefit of the marriage. Like, you're going to keep score to see how your marriage is progressing. Mm-hmm. Okay? You can evaluate each other at, or both of you at different stages. Or you keep score to have a reference point for mm-hmm. getting uh, most of the assets when you get to a point of breakup. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, if you're keeping score for your benefit or for the benefit of the marriage, then you kind of see whether or not... You see how you're managing or valuing your entitlements. Mm-hmm. Okay, because mm-hmm. if you're gonna keep score for the when you know when you come to a point of dissension and you're gonna break up, then you're gonna keep an unfair t- t- uh, tab tab. There we go. That's what yeah, I'm looking yeah. for. Okay. Right. You're gonna keep a biased tab tabulation. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, you yeah. want it to fit in your on your side. Right. 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 Okay. Okay. The next question. Do you feel rewarded when your spouse is happy or do you complain that you never got a turn? Yeah. Okay, this shows how you feel your contribution to your marriage. Mm -hmm. Some people only give to another person because of what they can get from them down the road. Yeah. This attitude breeds resentment and regret immediately. Yeah. Because you're always looking out for number one. You're looking exactly. out for yourself. You're thinking, let me sow this seed and I'm going to go reap it yeah. at some point. Yeah. And if you don't, uh, you're going to be vexed. Yeah. The fourth one is, are you creating individual assets or mutual assets? So this goes back to our conversation on communicating early and often. Yeah. This also goes back to assigning roles and being accountable to each other and providing support in those roles. And again, this also relates to relational self-awareness. So there's so many things that go in here. This creating individual assets versus mutual assets, it requires collaboration. So here's the thing. When individual assets exist, then each spouse owes the other spouse. So I look at my spouse in terms of what they owe me. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. When mutual assets exist, then you both share in the work required to turn those debts into assets that you both share in. So, some spouses might just sit back and watch their spouse keep their end of the vows. Okay? Yeah. Watch them go hard. Yeah, I love this man. I love this woman. They work hard for five, seven years. And then they just run off with everything. They run off with the the savings. They say, I've been the better parent. I've been more stable mentally. You know, the other spouse is working their butts off. I've been more stable mentally. Um, They run off with the lifestyle. You see this happen all the time. Yeah. Or the life skills. So, if you're able to turn the corner and turn those individual assets into mutual assets, then you're sharing responsibility and accountability. And these two words create a very special word that really brings entitlement to another level. Mm -hmm. The word is privilege. There we go. Spouses who say, I gave you three children, or a wife who says, I gave you three children at the expense of my body are saying you owe me. A wife who says, I gave up my career for you is saying you owe me. Mm -hmm. A spouse who's a wife who says, I am delighted that we're raising these children 
is somebody who says we've created a mutual asset. Mm-hmm. We're both partaking in this thing. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Spouse who says, you know what? I think it was the best decision I made to stay home for those three years. Yeah. This really gave us a head start. Or thank you for staying home for those three years. Yeah. This really gave us a head start financially. Now, it's, I'm going to give you your opportunity to get your career going. You've created a mutual asset. Yeah. Right? And you can define it when you want. You can define it as trust, love, uh, intimacy. Yeah. But it's, it's mutual. You're sharing in that. We have um, a really, really good friends that we, you know. Admire. Admire. Yeah. Been really close with them since high school or more so I got connected to them through my husband who's been close with him since high school. And, um, you know, he stepped into his uh, second relationship and, you know, I've gotten very close to his wife. Mm -hmm. And in total, they have five children, two within their marriage. Mm -hmm. And speaking with her, I think it was actually this past week or maybe even a few weeks ago, she had stated to me how, you know, she just felt so privileged Yeah. for her husband um, who had teenage children. Right. Yeah. Already, yeah, yeah, yeah. To give her the honor of being a mother to her own children that she got the opportunity to carry. And I was like, Man, this is a, why yeah. you are my friend. Because you're able to look at a situation like that and say it is a privilege and it is an honor. And not only that, he's able to say, let me honor and, 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 and give this woman that I love, my, my wife, the same desires that most women desire, yeah. you know, to carry their own children. I don't think that... Um, she does not love those stepchildren. Well, from what we know, she does. She loves them. Yeah, she like, treats like them they're, like they're on exactly. they're her own. She says she has five kids. Exactly. Yeah, five kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But every woman desires to feel a child in their womb. I'm going to assume. Yeah. You know, yeah. now I'm just assuming. Right. But every woman that I've spoken to that um, wants to get married or is married desires to have feel a child within their womb. And so for her to express that, I, I said, you know what? This is why I honor and respect you with so much grace because you, to open your mouth and say that is huge. And for your husband to acknowledge that and, and, and give you this is also massive for us. I agree, man. And you know, because entitlement is a very real thing. Yeah. And she could have looked at it as, you gave her three kids. Why can't I have? Give me some kids. You know, but she's looking at it as, you have, you've been a father for however long, you've gone through the rigor of, you know, parenthood from the father's side. Yeah. Maybe you might not want to revisit that at this age. Yeah. You know, you're, you're supposed to be, at that age where you're supposed to be making a different type, different types of moves or yeah. different types of choices. Yeah. But now we're going to go back like into... you're going stepping... Yeah, like you're a regressing bit. a little bit, yeah. right? You know, but that's that's great, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there's so nothing... Wrong, but there's nothing wrong with having rights to certain things. And, yeah. You know, the key is that each spouse needs to know exactly what the other spouse is entitled to. 
and then they work to provide it. Right. You know, each spouse, right. you have to know this. Yeah. Your marriage vows create entitlement. And because it does, it's very wrong to completely hold back from your spouse what they're entitled to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's a rule that we should have mentioned in the rule of four. Do not give to others what your spouse is entitled to. Mm-hmm. This is cheating. Okay. You're taking from your spouse and giving it to somebody else. When a husband gives attention to the opposite sex, you're giving or you're giving time to another person, you're taking what belongs to your spouse and giving it to somebody else who hasn't earned it. Yeah. They didn't earn it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So we're talking about we said if you look beyond entitlement you'll see privilege. Okay? So we're going to differentiate between entitlement and privilege. Now, fact of life is that you can do the correct things to get certain things, uh-huh. but those very things that you're chasing can elude you for your entire life even if you do the right things. Uh-huh. How many married people do we know or have heard of that want children and never have children. Yeah. Like, I'm talking about birthing children. Yeah. Okay? Or even it's, you know, you can't just walk up the street and say, hey, uh, see a kid walking down the street and say, let me adopt you. You can't do that. Yeah. There's rules to follow. Right. And right. some of these things take a long time and a lot of process. So, and then, like, how many people don't live to see old age? Yeah. How many people spend their entire life... In poverty. Yeah. Yeah. Even after like working your tail off, yeah, you get to the end of life and you're back to where you were at 28. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it's a privilege to be parents. Mm-hmm. It's a privilege to possess wealth that can impact the world. Mm-hmm. It's a privilege to be healthy in mind. You know, you know, mind, body, and soul. Right. It's a privilege to be trusted. Yeah. Something as simple as that. It's a privilege to be trusted. Yeah. You know, a husband who says thank you to his wife for going through the rigor of childbirth. And a wife who turns around and says it was a pleasure being part of bringing these children into world into the world. They're creating mutual assets. Yeah. They're sharing in the responsibility. And the couple is saying, "We own this privilege." Yeah. You know, a wife who says, "Thank you for giving up your career so we can always be there for our children as they go through their growth and development." You're also speaking in terms of mutual assets rather than the individual side of things, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, I know that sounds beautiful, right? Yeah. To say all that. And again, we have to be realistic. Even at we the do. end, in the moment, you, you know, you may even be screaming at each other while a child is coming. <laughs> and I was joking. Like, it just triggered in my mind today. When my uh, mother reminded me, I think it was last year, okay. that I basically kicked my you husband. You threw me out of the birth room? <laughs> I threw my poor husband. Why, how do you feel bad now? It was cool you know when you what? did it. At I didn't even, the worst thing 12 years ago, I it was cool. I don't even remember doing that. Yeah, yeah, because you were giving birth. And I, I was don't saying even stupid remember, stuff. and my body was saying <laughs> stupid stuff. I it wasn't until my mother reminded me this, I think when our fourth one showed up, and I was remembering it now. So all that to say, yes, it does, in the moment, it's difficult to 
say, oh, thank no, you for no, giving no, me no, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But I get it, I get it, I get it. I get it. Yeah, in true. that time of reflection, yes. you have to, you have to find the moment to say, thank you for yeah. giving me that opportunity. Okay. I don't think any woman on the birthday is going to say, thank you for this privilege, my <laughs> dear husband. And be like, I hate you. You <laughs> did this to me. We got a I don't think anybody's going to be giving thanks at that point. No, but the point that I'm trying to make is you have to find the time, even for those words to come out of your mouth. I true. I true. Right? It's finding the time. Okay? I agree. So what about uh, sacrifices? How does this work? So sometimes when we make sacrifices, it's hard to say we don't deserve some type of reward or benefit because sacrifices, uh, you know, creates a debt for somebody. Mm -hmm. It's hard to change your perspective from an attitude of deserving some kind of compensation to it was a privilege. But even in sacrifice, if we can look at it as a privilege, then we might have a perspective of, you know, the being privileged. Right. And not okay. privileged with the negative connotation. When because when you make a sacrifice, yeah. You actually get to learn a lot about yourself, about your capacity, your limits, your pain points, your touch points, right? Yeah. If yeah. you're if you're a CEO, it could be a privilege to lead the organization. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're married, hey, wifey, wife. It's a privilege to be married to you. Mm-hmm. It's a privilege to raise these children with you. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's a privilege to be able to go through life with you despite the ups and downs. Right. And it's a privilege to have you depend on me. Yeah. And you say the same thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. So with this kind of attitude and reciprocation, um, it's, very, it's, it's very difficult to become resentful and regretful. Yeah. Yeah. When you elevate your entitlements to privilege, even though you're entitled. Yeah. Right. Right. So the next question is, at what point do you lose your entitlements? Okay. If you are a mother, you're entitled to being respected as a mother. However, if you forfeit your role as a mother, then you might have lost that entitlement of respect. You're abandoned, abused, or assault your child, then you lose your rights. And in some instances, you violate the law and are now subject to the judgment of the court. Yep. Right? As far as your marriage goes, you lose your entitlements when you walk away from the marriage or when you step outside your marriage. Yes. Can your entitlements be restored? 100%. Of course. 100%. This is called reconciliation. And recommitment. But it could be a long road ahead. It could be a very long road. Yep. Because it takes a long time to rebuild trust. Yep. You can break it easily. Mm. Right? But rebuilding it is very difficult. Well, I mean, when you get married, you probably give your spouse trust. Mm-hmm. Depending on how, you know, what happened prior to. Right, right. But say... I'll hold everything constant. When you get married, your spouse has free reign, full trust. Mm-hmm. They break it. Now it's going to take a while to get that back to 100%. Yeah. Right? Now you have to earn trust and other entitlements and privileges that come along with being trusted. Let me ask you this. Okay. How does the word no fit into this topic of entitlement? Well, so, mm-hmm. wait, maybe I should, wait, you want to answer it? Go ahead. I'm asking you a question, now I'm going to answer it. <laughs> All right, okay, I'll go ahead. So, I mean, if you're entitled to something, then I can say no when you demand it. Okay. 
ideally, I can't say no because mm-hmm. you're entitled to it. Mm-hmm. But obviously, in the perfect world, you're entitled to what you are promised. Okay, yes. But in the real world, you might not get what you're entitled to how you want it yes. and when you want it. So that's where no fits in. Yes. So your spouse might not understand how to deliver what you're supposed to get. Right. So for example, I owe you a million bucks. Uh-huh. And you call me, actually send me a text, Gary, I need my million dollars in an hour. Yes. Um, I, I, I don't have a million bucks, so you can't get it in an hour. Yeah. Okay, so that's a no. No, you can't get it in an hour. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But if you say, but I could turn around and say, but I could pay you in two installments of 500K over the next 30 days. Yeah. Now you turn around and you say, well, I want the installments to be arranged in $100,005 bills. I'm like, no. <laughs> Can you, <laughs> what about like different denominations? Okay? Mm-hmm. So those things are kind of, neg- you're still getting a million bucks, yeah. but how and when is negotiable. Right. Same thing in your marriage. You should get what you're entitled to, but how it's delivered could vary. And this is where you got to go back to part four of the series where we look at how you get what you want from your spouse. Yes. If you're just saying no or insinuating no by your actions, then that's a problem. Yeah. And you're violating the rules of entitlement. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. So we want to build a fair environment of entitlement. Any suggestions? How do we do this? Well, first, try to make your spouse happy. You just do it. Make That's them happy. It. Make them happy. Why not? Why can't they be happy? Why shouldn't they be happy and why shouldn't you be happy? You know that whole cliche, happy wife, happy life? <laughs> sure. But at the end, because at the end of the day, she's happy, you're happy. Yeah. But don't do it on the compromise where you're just you know, doing everything for just her. Just doing whatever. Yeah, make yeah. sure it's, it's mutual. Right? Absolutely. Right. The, ne- the next one we would say is be loyal to each other. Yeah. Right? Hold each other down. Hold each other down. Have each other's back. Yes. Today I was busy cussing out some some <laughs> some some young girl. <laughs> Trying to step to me and say, yo, Julie, Julie, deal with me. this. No, he didn't even say, <laughs> he didn't even say that. I just came through. Well, you came in. I like, came yeah. through. You yeah, know, as I that. always do. I'm, you know, I'm not hey, afraid of nobody. I'm teasing. Yeah. <laughs> Always speak the truth. Yeah. The truth will set you free. Always. Always we speak the truth to your spouse, man. Even if it's painful. Yes. Even if you're afraid to hear what they, how they may comment mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't be afraid to at least let it out. Yeah. And tell how you truly, truly feel about every situation, every thought, every word that comes at you. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. The next one. Offer justice. And this goes... From multi, I guess two angles for your spouse. Mm-hmm. But what if your spouse is, you know, explaining something to you, but you find that their perspective might be different, and it's convicting somebody. Right. I think you can step in and offer a different perspective lovingly, yeah. not where you're saying your spouse is wrong. You always look at things incorrectly. You're mm-hmm. judging people, mm-hmm. but. Create a fair environment where you say, you know what, I understand your perspective, right. my loving wife, but what if they were thinking of it this way? Yeah. And how you approach that will actually give them the space to look at it differently while feeling that, yeah, you know what, my husband is trying to offer me this perspective to take care of me. Yeah. So I don't, go, so I don't build resentment with people yeah. that now, you know, I'm walking around, I'm thinking about people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think that happened with us this week. Yeah, we just... thinking... Right. You know, oh, I don't think that what that person had said 
was fair. Right. And my husband was able to to bring me around to realize, oh, Juliana, maybe you should look at it from this perspective. This is where they were coming from. Right. From what I from our own experiences and I thought, wait a minute, yeah, it's right. Now how was I able to get to that point? Because my husband has been loyal to me. My husband has made me happy. Mm-hmm. So for me, I know because he's on my side yeah. and he's always fighting for me right, right, and right. and pushing me and encouraging me to be my best and speak my truth, he's not ready to fight me. Right. So that's why I was able to hear what he has to say and realize, yeah, he can correct me there right. because he's always on my side. Now, if he wasn't like that, then I'll be ready to fight. Why aren't you on my side? Well, that's right? where it comes to the next point. Stick up for your spouse and fight for your spouse. Right. And this, again, that creates the entitlement because mm-hmm. now you, you, you have that security. Right. And you're going to look for that security. Right. And you're going to expect that security, which is fine because I helped you. We created that together. Absolutely. Okay? Absolutely. And then the last one is... Share in each other's dreams and work tirelessly. Yeah, don't don't to quit. make them happen. Yes. Do not quit. We have big big dreams, and we're always planning, always readjusting, and we continue to push each other. Yep. And support each other. You know, some marriages are messy because one spouse seems to owe more than the other and the tab just keeps getting longer and longer and longer. And then divorces are messy because the entitlement perspective of you owe me exists. Yeah. I remember I had a conversation with three lawyers. Yeah. One of them's a family lawyer, one's a law writer, and the other does criminal and corporate law. Yeah. And they all agreed that family law is the most emotional yeah. Of them all. And yeah. it's more emotion than it is legal. Yeah. So, and, and and the arguments that I got from them is that each spouse is bent on yeah. what they're owed. Mm-hmm. Right? And they, at this point, they're not collaborating. They're fighting for assets. Someone wants to win. And a lot of times, the fight becomes unfair because they're going based on what they're owed. Yeah. They kept that laundry list, that score... And it's biased towards them, and they want to win. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So, in the last installment of the series, we're going to be talking about the last important aspect of a nonstop marriage. Reinventing your marriage over and over again. Yes. Imagine having two to five relationships with your spouse over the course of your marriage, and you never got divorced. What? Preach it. Yeah.